0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're going to be sharing questions and stories that you guys have emailed and sent to us either over Gmail or Facebook. Please remember you can always reach out to us by going to enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or messaging us on our Facebook page where we can be found at Enlightened Empaths. Denise, would you like to start us off? I'd love to. Thank you.
1: Hi Denise and Samantha,
0: I'm a long-time
1: listener of Enlightened Empaths and have also received incredible readings from the both of you in the past. I'm so grateful for the work you both do. I have to share a wild experience with you and the Enlightened Empath community and hear any feedback or comments you have on this matter. I recently had to get a tonsillectomy at the age of 31. Usually having tonsils removed happens when you're young. So to be an adult and having them removed is slightly uncommon, but nothing to be worried about. I knew that for me, this surgery was symbolic in many ways. As a little girl, I was sexually and emotionally abused for many years, which later manifested in into not speaking my truth in fear of being hurt, not allowing myself to be vulnerable, severe codependency and people pleasing. And I always wanted to say the right thing in fear of upsetting someone who could potentially Abuse me. So I always knew that my throat chakra was one of my chakras that need a lot of work and love and attention. The last six to seven years, I've done tons of personal development. I worked with a trauma therapist for about five years, have done a significant amount of energy work with healers, practice yoga and meditate daily. I've also recently started my own coaching business as an empowerment coach and trauma survivor advocate. So having my tonsil removed felt like a very emotional, full circle healing moment for me, having that energy completely cleared. I felt like, wow, I've done the work and now I'm strong enough to use my voice confidently, clearly and lovingly to to now help others. But I honestly didn't expect what was to come. The first week of my tonsil removal, I had vivid dreams every single night of flashbacks of my life when I didn't say what I really wanted to say. I also had vivid dreams of past friends telling me things they always wanted to, but never had the courage to say. I even had a friend text me about four days post-surgery and say, hey, I just had a dream about you. In the dream, I was supposed to meet you for lunch and I ended up getting busy at work. I didn't let you know I had to cancel because Mm -hmm. of how busy I was. And when I ran into you later, you wouldn't speak to me. Weird dream, huh? This friend lives across the country and had no idea I had recently had my tonsillectomy. It almost feels like all of the suppressed memories are being released and moving out of my third eye and crown chakra. One week exactly after my tonsillectomy, another friend of mine reached out to me and asked if she could interview me me for the podcast, focusing on women speaking the truth. How's that for a little wink from the universe? What a beautiful note.
0: Wow. Yes, that's that's very powerful.
1: Incredible. And just, it's never too late to do the work. It's never too late to release. And what you and I have been talking about a lot lately is this is prime time to do this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I love that it even showed up in her dreams and her friend's dreams, as though this healing, when we go through these emotional, spiritual healing moments that impact us in a physical way, we have to keep in mind that that healing and release is happening in layers and layers and layers. And I think this is why it's so important to allow ourselves to rest and practice self-care during those times too, because often that healing is taking place without our conscious awareness.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm so happy that she was able to work through a lot of that issue. And, and I'm just so inspired that she's taking such a difficult past and using it to inspire and empower and teach others. And I, I know her pretty well. I know her from a good mutual friend of ours. And she's just as wonderful uh, as, as her email makes her sound out to be. So thank you for taking time to share that. And we're so glad you're doing well. We just love you. Yes. Okay. Our next question says, I have a very active dream life and I have frequent dreams that I think might be of an intuitive nature, but I'm not really sure. I dream of people that I know in real life. They might be a friend, a family member, or acquaintance. In these dreams, these people come to me and they share something they're struggling with in their own lives. For example, I dreamt about a distant friend who was struggling to pay his mortgage. He told me he was going to lose his home. In these dreams, I try to offer support and solutions to their problem, and then I seem to wake up afterwards. I've been able to confirm that what I have dreamt is indeed true, to my surprise. I also have had dreams which were occurring in real time. For example, my brother is a police officer, and one night while he was working the night shift, he was called out to a home for a domestic attack. While he was working this case between the hours of 3 and 4 a.m., I was dreaming about the call he was out on while at the time he was experiencing it. The next day, I was able to give him explicit details of what he had experienced while he was on this call because I dreamt about it at the same time it was occurring. He was able to verify that everything I dreamt was correct. When I have what I think might be intuitive dreams, people speak to me telepathically. It's like we're speaking, but it's with our thoughts instead of by our mouths. I also have had dreams about people who are getting close to dying. These people come to me and share their thoughts, and it's almost like they're just letting me know their time is drawing near. Most recently, my boss, who had been fighting cancer, came to me in a dream. One of the things he told me was that he had about a month left to live, but that he was at peace with that. Sadly, he passed at his home unexpectedly six weeks later. Sometimes I dream of things that are going to happen in the future. These aren't always significant events, just random things that someone in my life is going to experience. Are these dreams normal, or am I actually experiencing some kind of psychic dreaming? If this is some kind of psychic dreaming, what is it called? Well, Denise, you know this is a passion of mine. (laughs) So I call this type of work night work. You know how most of us empaths we call ourselves light workers well I think those of us who are light workers are also night workers meaning during the sleeping dreaming state our soul is actually journeying traveling through the astral planes and we are helping people we are continuing to be of service Now I was telling someone about how I call this night worker stuff and they said that sounds like an escort agency <laughs> so I think I need to, I think I need to change the word to like a, a soul traveler. But yes, this is indicative of you having psychic intuitive abilities. And I I don't know that I would call it common, but among intuitives, I would call this common. So people who are open to the spiritual world, who are working on developing their intuition or who are actively intuitive will commonly experience things like this. Now, sometimes dreamers tend to focus, right? So some night workers will do healing work in their dreams and others will console the, die- the dying or the newly deceased in their dreams. It sounds like she's doing all of it. She's having precognitive dreams. She's helping living people in her dreams. She's helping dying people. So there's a lot going on there. I would recommend that you pray into your sleep as much as you pray into your day. So a lot of us are comfortable saying prayers before we go to bed or focusing on our gratitude list. But it's also a good idea for us night workers to say prayers of protection and to ask that we are guided, that our soul is guided to where we are most needed. But also to this listener, who's doing so much in the dream state, keep in mind that you can also, as you're falling asleep, say, hey guys, all my guides and angels up there, thank you so much, but I really need to just sleep tonight. (laughs) So give me a night off.
1: (laughs) That's excellent information. And also it's fascinating that more and more people are having more active dream life. We're both really big advocates for keeping a dream journal. Even if you don't remember your dreams right now, if you wake up and you think, a bluebird, just write down bluebird, any triggers that you can give your subconscious will help you develop the practice of, of remembering your dreams more fully.
0: And if anyone is hearing hacking in the background, that is my dog who is dealing with a congested lung issue. So Aww. I apologize for that weird background noise. Poor little guy. I know.
1: Our,
0: our next comment is also
1: about dreams. And it's says. I've had very vivid dreams all my life. My mom has too. Over the past six months, I'm convinced I'm experiencing a spiritual awakening based on the signs you explained in another episode. My question mostly is, how the heck do I get back to sleep in the middle of the night? I wake up and I feel wide awake. And yet at the same time, I have an eight to five job. So I need my rest. I don't function well at all with too little sleep. Any suggestions or advice is greatly appreciated. Oh, this is this is a tough one, because I think we've all been there, done that, and have the t-shirt. And I think, too, that I used to do the thing where you count backwards from 100 by 3, or you, you know, it, a lot of times for me, if I write something down, it will release it in the night. So if I'm waking and worried about the next day, and I can't get to sleep, I'll just jot down, okay, remember to call so-and-so, or pay this bill or whatever it is that's, that's stuck in my mind. And that will sometimes help relax your deep breathing can help. Some people have really good luck with listening to sleep type meditations with, I think it would be uh, Delta brain um, entrainment behind it. So there's lots of options, but it's very frustrating.
0: It is very frustrating. And I think during this year, we've experienced, we're seeing this more and more. I keep reading articles about this. I read an article about a new phrase that I just love. It's called revenge sleep. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay. So, revenge sleep is when you've worked so hard all day that your body is like, screw it. We're not going to bed. We're staying up. We need to play that app on the phone. We need to watch one more TV show. We need to read one more chapter. It's like this anti-anxiety thing our brain makes us do. And I know I've done that. How many times have you done that? Where you know, you have to go to bed, but you're like, no, I'm going to stay up a little bit longer and just enjoy this peaceful feeling of sitting in my bed.
1: But I what didn't know it was called a thing.
0: I didn't either. And I, I, I just like that phrase. But what she's talking about is waking up in the middle of the night. And that can happen when you're going through a spiritual awakening you do see that being elevated. It's almost like your energy is being amped up to the point that your body's not used to it. So it wakes you up as you're getting these waves of new downloads of spiritual information and your vibrations are being lifted. So that is hard to deal with. There are some things you can do. From what I've read, our potassium levels tend to drop at nighttime. So eating a banana before bed is said to help Uh, taking a magnesium supplement. If your doctor recommends it, some people say that helps. We've all heard warm milk helps. I can't drink a cup of warm milk. I don't know. It doesn't settle with me, but what I will do is I'll heat up warm milk and I'll put a tea bag of chamomile or lavender in there and sip that before I go to bed. Keeping electronics out of your room, any blue light stuff like a Wi-Fi router, Uh, If you have any electronics in your room and you get them out, that is said to help increase melatonin production, not looking at screens an hour before bed. So no TV, no iPad, no cell phone, and just reading or listening to a meditation can be really helpful. Years ago, I read something that said, if you are woken up in the middle of the night, say a prayer that you've memorized and that comforts you and offer it to someone who needs it at that moment. And Denise, I swear that works. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, I will say an Our Father or a Hail Mary, because that resonates with my belief system. And I will just say, I give this prayer to any soul that needs this right now. And it helps me fall right back to sleep. Well, that's
1: wonderful.
0: So I hope those things might help her, but just know that I think a lot of us are experiencing that feeling of being woken up a lot right now. And, and I think this too shall pass. So our next question says, I hope you both are well. Thank you for your thoughtful podcast. I have a question that I've been struggling with lately. I work in the healthcare field and I'm not, and am now in my early forties over the past few years, I've been gaining recognition on the national level presenting at conferences and teaching workshops while the reception has been extremely positive. I've been getting negative, awkward, or ambivalent energy from several of my coworkers at the hospital where I work full-time as it comes to this success. I cognitively understand that many times people's successes make others uncomfortable because they compare themselves, and that's likely what's going on here. None of them are trying to do what I'm doing, so it's not like they're in competition with me or anything, but I still feel very strange energy from several individuals that I work with on a regular basis. I actually used to have this dynamic in certain friendships and partnerships in my life where I would feel like I needed to make myself small to make the other person feel better. But with a lot of work, including listening to your podcast and years of therapy, I don't opt into those relationships anymore. Unfortunately, at work, I can't opt out of these relationships. As an empath, I feel this strange energy and then spend hours afterward thinking about what's going on with this coworker or that coworker. I don't think I'm better than anyone else. Each of them has a family or other important area where they put their energy, while I didn't have kids, so I can spend all my free time working on presentations, proposals, and research. I think that we all have important gifts, and the Pollyanna in me wishes that we could just all celebrate each other's different areas of success. My question is, what's the best way to handle this energy from others? I've done enough work to know that I can't fix it or appease them but I haven't gotten past absorbing and worrying about this negative energy. Any practical advice for protecting myself would be greatly appreciated. And I also hope this will help others who listen to your show. I do think this question and story is going to help others, Denise, because I think we can all resonate with what she has so eloquently shared. Don't you?
1: Very much so.
0: Yeah. There's this feeling, especially for us empaths, because we can feel the underlying emotion of, jealousy or envy or competition or just that, that little raised eyebrow or I, I just have this image of her coming to work and telling her coworkers about a lovely weekend she had presenting at a conference and two coworkers kind of eyeing each other as she's talking. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That little yes. unspoken body languages that some people do. And as empaths, we are extra sensitive to that. One of the things that has helped me with issues like this is reading and rereading the chapter from Dom Miguel Ruez's the four agreements on not taking anything personally, because that's, I think one of the hardest things for an empath to learn that it's not about you. It's about them. And I understand what she's saying because she's saying, I get it. Like, this is about them. I can't fix or appease them. However, we still feel the weight of emotion because we want everyone to get along and we want everyone to like us and we want everyone to be happy and everyone to feel good. And yet that's not really possible. And she refers to that. She calls it Pollyanna thinking. We can't always have that. And so I think it's important to recognize that when you are happy and successful, sure, some people are going to be resentful or feel insecure about that or maybe even try to try to pull you down you know the image i always think about is one of my students years ago was a fisherman and he told me that when they catch crabs they never have to put a lid on the bucket because the minute one crab tries to crawl out of the bucket the others pull him down and i just think that's such a symbol for what so many of us do to each other when we are trying to get ahead and and really achieve the success and happiness that we that we deserve And so I think it's important to focus on yourself and focus on all the good work that you are doing. And when you feel that negative energy or that jealous energy, put your shields up really and truly just visualize shields of light or gold or a mirror around you to deflect that right back to the sender. And once you do that, then visualize pink light or gold light around those coworkers to soften their energy and infuse them with loving vibrations so that they can remember, even though they aren't out gaining recognition and accolades for doing research and amazing presentations and proposals, that they still have beautiful gifts that they are here to serve and share with as well. I
1: agree with everything you just said, and it was very, very well articulated. And part of it though, also is there's so much pressure. There's so much uh, media or comparison or it's not easy to be humble or to just do what you want to do or be of service without people. And and the word that came to mind when you're reading this was almost being threatened by someone else's success as it being a reflection of maybe one of the people she's working with, not following their dream, or not stepping up, or not living the life they want to. And instead of focusing on themselves, it's much easier to send jealousy, or resentment, or judgment. And I think do, we see that a lot in the work that we do, that people will say, oh, that's great, you're doing well. But what it feels like is it doesn't feel that way when they say it. And as you you nailed it, as empaths, we go so much on what we feel and not always so much what we hear or behaviors all the time.
0: No, and I mean it's it's always hard. Someone left a review on one of I can't remember if it was this podcast or psychic teachers that said, I just don't like Samantha. Oh. That was, that was the title. I just don't like Samantha. <laughs> oh. That's and I was, terrible. No, but it's actually a good thing because I read it and I was like well, rock on. Like you and my mom can start an anti-fan club. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have those emotions that went with it. And I've, I actually, I, I drove, I had to drive to Tennessee over spring break and I was in the car for a really long time. And I was thinking like, why didn't that bother me? Like, hello, Samantha. That's, that's wonderful. And I couldn't, I still don't know why it didn't bother me. I kept you know, do you ever do that where you like dive into your emotions, like surely I'm hiding this emotion for myself, surely mm-hmm. it's tucked in there somewhere? And I kept digging around going where's where's the feeling of, oh my gosh, someone isn't like it just wasn't there. That's incredible, and I don't know so I don't even know when you said that was very articulate. I don't think my answer is very articulate because I'm not really sure how to get there, and I'm not there in all areas of my life. You know, if, if a friend said, I just don't really like you or a family member, except my mother said that I would be very hurt and upset. But, um, you know, if a coworker or a listener says that I, I to me, I'm like, I'm just not for everyone, you know, and that's fine. I don't like everyone. Do you like everyone? No, no, no. that whenever we try to elevate ourselves, other people, it just makes them look at their lives. And they think, why aren't I doing that? I'm not doing enough. Why Why don't I want to do more? What's wrong with me? And instead of sitting with those uncomfortable questions and emotions, they just project it right back to you. And it's okay. your job not to allow that. And that's why I think you got to put your shields up.
1: Walking Grace earlier, and I was listening to this person talking, I'm kind of it was weird because, you know, I've, I've told you before that a lot of times I, when I go for walks, I don't want anything in my head. And today I just randomly turned something on. And the person I was listening to was talking about, it's none of your business. What other people think about you, say about you, how they view your work or your life, well, that's theirs. They own it. You don't have to. And I thought, you know, that's so, that's so easy if you look at it from that perspective.
0: Cognitively, it's easy. Yes, <laughs> it's really hard to get there emotionally, but I do think in stages and fits and starts, we can get there. It's not overnight, there's not like a a recipe. you know, add two parts love and one part self-acceptance. You know it's not like that, but it it's just step by step where you just look at the work you're doing and you evaluate, am I walking my authentic truth? Am I doing this from a place of love? And service and compassion? Or am I doing this from a place of greed and selfishness and chasing someone else's dream? And if you can answer that you are going after this success and achieving these wonderful accolades simply because it's who you truly are and it's what you are here to do, then then you can get to that place of, well, you know, go on with your jealousy or your negativity or your criticism and you do you and I'm going to do me. I have
1: one last little bit to add to this, but if you're feeling that from someone don't own it, make sure you protect yourself energetically so that it doesn't wear you down or that you don't start to believe someone else's description or feeling or energy of who you are or what you do.
0: Yeah. Well said.
1: So our next one I'm writing to you today for some clarification on an experience I had yesterday. Exactly one month ago, my grandfather passed away. He was the first member of my close family to pass, so it has been extremely hard on me. My parents got divorced when I was younger, and my dad fell out of my life for quite some time, so my papa was always the strong male figure in my life. Over this past year, I've gotten very spiritual and have been certified in Reiki 1 and 2. Since he's passed, it's been, I've been extremely aware of his presence around me and have even seen and communicated with him. This is all very new to me, so I'm taking it one step at a time. Yesterday, I was finishing up in the shower when I heard some loud banging in the hallway. I knew my stepbrother was home and his bedroom door is right across from the bathroom. He's very handy, so I figured he was moving some stuff around, and that was the source of the banging. I had my eyes closed, washing my hair, and I got a sudden flash of a vision of me being so sad and calling my doctor's office, telling them I couldn't make my appointment later that day because my dog had died from a seizure. I did actually have a doctor's appointment later that day, so it shook me. Even though I planned on staying in the bathroom for a while to put on a face mask and dry my hair, instead I hurried up and got out of the shower, opened the bathroom door, and found my dog having a seizure. I'd immediately dropped to the ground to give him CPR and helped him come out of it. I yelled to the ceiling, Papa, please don't leave me. And I gave him a few more compressions and stopped to see if he was breathing and thank goodness he was. My dog is okay now, the vet thinks he may have epilepsy. I couldn't believe that I saw the outcome of what was going to happen if I didn't take action. I've never really known myself to have premonitions, but my mother and sister have gotten them before. But I'm not sure if that was one or if it was my intuition kicking in that something bad was happening when it was. If I hadn't come out of the bathroom when I did, I believe my dog would have possibly died. Well, I'm so glad the dog is okay. And I mean, my own personal aside is I think her her grandfather was given her a nudge to to let her know.
0: Yeah, I do too. And you know, it's interesting. Often if you read a lot about intuition and premonitions, remote viewing, astral travel, you will read that one weird detail that she included, the banging. And I've read so many sciencey books on consciousness and all that stuff that I don't really understand because I'm way too right brained But it, (laughs) But there's some belief that as the dimensions are bumping against each other, it impacts. And that's why we have that banging sound. So I've never had that, but I've read so many accounts of people who either right before or after they astral travel or right before or after they see an apparition or get a premonition, there's a banging sound. I think it's also interesting to note that Oftentimes, out of a tragedy like losing your grandfather, it does compel us on our spiritual journey. And you know, this grief has caused her heart chakra to open up even more, and it compelled her to research and explore healing modalities like Reiki. All of that is going to open up your intuition and allow premonitions and precognitive experiences like this to happen more easily. I believe Denise believes. That we all have this ability, but it's like a Christmas present under the tree in June. You know, if you never open it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean you don't have it or it's not there. It's just waiting for you to open it. And she has opened this gift by communicating with her grandfather on the other side, by meditating, by working with Reiki. And so more and more of these experiences are going to happen. And and I'm just so happy that she listened to it. She followed that instinct of get out of the bathroom and go check on your dog. And boom, she was able to save her four-legged friend. And this is a testimony to the power and gift of really welcoming and embracing and strengthening our intuition. It helps us with our daily life so much. All right. Our next question says, hello, Samantha and Denise. It wasn't until recently that I truly realized I was an empath. And just after listening to your show about the Hayoka empath, it brought out memories of all the times that I showed those qualities you discussed on the show. I mirror the same emotions of those around me. As I become more aware of myself, I can see when my moods change and know they are not my own. I'm very good at sensing when someone is not being truthful Regardless of where they are or whether they're online or in front of me, I can generally sense the honesty value of what they say. However, recently where I live and work, there's so much noise and energy pollution that I find it difficult to sense the dishonesty. Sometimes when I do sense this dishonesty, I just play along because it's not worth wasting my energy to call them out. On a conscious level, I know I am an empath and I want to help people. Subconsciously, I help people without knowing I'm helping, just by conversing with them, holding space, or being in their presence. I do talk a lot like other Hayoka empaths, but it's more than that. It's not about getting our voices heard. When I'm talking to someone, I actually feel myself releasing positive energy. It also helps me to burn off negative energy. It's like laughing. They say you burn calories with laughing. Well, I burn off negative energy just by talking about a good topic with someone. Like a Hayoka, I will interrupt in conversations, but only because I can immediately sense where this conversation is going before the other person can, and if I don't interject this knowledge quickly enough, I'll forget it, and that excitement also comes from helping someone. It's hard for me to understand what normal sleep is like. I don't remember a time when I've slept through the night without waking up four or five times. I have to force myself into a dream that calms me before I can drift off to sleep. Hayokas are great at authenticity and character. This has helped me with online dating. I can go through a person's profile and immediately sense what type of person they are. From your perspective and other empaths, it may be overwhelming because you can't see the learning and growing we had to go through with this gift. Yes, it has its down times where I feel emotionally insecure or emotionally compromised, but those are rare occasions. My worst fear in life is leaving this world on a negative note that I never helped anyone. Also, I have just found your podcast this past week and have been listening to every episode you've posted. Oh, God help you with our earlier shows, Denise, when our audio wasn't that great. I drive for Amazon delivering packages and just listening to your discussions is very relaxing and soothing. I feel a slight rejuvenation when making my deliveries. I hope this email has provided you with some insight. Live long, prosper, and stay in the light, sisters. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, we probably need to do some more research in another show on Hayoka's because I think this is the most feedback we've ever gotten on a show we've done, don't you?
1: There's been a whole lot of interest in that episode, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, I I thank you for sharing your insights on what it feels like to be a Hayoka. And I hope that helps other people listening.
1: Right. And it's amazing how many people have reached out to say it feels so good to hear a discussion about how I've always felt myself to be.
0: Yeah, so it's, nice, it's, it's cool. nice to have answers for that.
1: Yes. Our next one, I listened to Enlightened Empaths today because my now ex-boyfriend broke up with me this week. It was the most comforting thing I could think of listening to. What I got from your show is that he is without a doubt a dark empath and I'm a high empath. It was so clear after listening to both episodes back to back. I won't get too much into why I know he's a dark empath, but long story short, we were on our third round of working it out, and it always seemed to start fresh in the beginning, and then I'd leave the relationship feeling like the entire thing was about him and what he was going through. He's now getting therapy for some deep childhood trauma, and I know me being a mirror for him was a catalyst for that. When there's an authentic love available all the time for someone who has a problem with self-love, a lot of stuff comes up. Anyway, the reason I reached out is because on your podcast, you said to let you know if anyone was a Hayoka empath. I totally am. For example, I called my little sister to discover she was in a full anxiety breakdown about her finals. And the conversation ended with me getting her to get to, to getting her to laugh She told me I called her at the perfect time. I don't have dyslexia, but I am diagnosed with ADHD. I'm very creative. I'm a photographer, illustrator, and videographer. I started a TikTok doodling monsters in December and now has 60,000 followers. Thank you for bringing the world information, love, and energy that makes a difference. And I acknowledge there is a difference between being made because of you. I never feel pulled to email anyone in general, but what, for whatever reason, I felt like I had to share what I discovered because of you two. It's powerful to be a clearing so that others can discover who they are. And that's what you provide for your listeners. It's very beautiful. Oh, that's so, so kind. Thank you.
0: That that's is a- so kind. And it's a great example of also when you do what you're here to do. People find you like she just started this TikTok in in December. What what is that? Five months ago, four mm-hmm. months ago, and she's already got sixty thousand followers. I love that, and so she's got a lot of the attributes of the Hayoka. She's creative, and she's got all this wonderful energy, and she attracts energy vampires, which I think a lot of empaths do. But she's working on that beautifully. So we thank you so much for taking time to share that. And again. It's just so nice to have those aha moments of going, yes, that's me, that's who I am, and and I love that people have resonated with that.
1: I agree, I agree entirely. It's also really nice. All these comments we're getting from people who are identifying as Hayoka Empaths. It's about raising the vibration. It's about how can I help. It's it's very very much the positive attributes of wanting to bring joy of of their honesty and directness is a catalyst to help other people feel better, yeah. which are true empathic characteristics and qualities.
0: Yeah. And looking at, you know, what, what positive mark can I leave on the world? Right. And really that's what we're all here to do is just to add our own little, our own little stitch into this tapestry of, of life that, that leads it, that leaves it more beautiful and positive. Yes. These were
1: nice stories today. Nice comments.
0: Yeah, I've really enjoyed them. And I hope our listeners have too. Uh, Again, as a reminder, if you want to share an email story or question with us, you can email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or please join us on our Facebook community. You can find us there at Enlightened Empaths. And if you have a moment and you like this show, uh, please leave us a kind review on iTunes or tell a friend so we can continue growing our community and connect with our spiritual tribe. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Please remember as always to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.